0: Brad Sessmatt Show, broadcasting
1: live. It's good Monday. Thanks for being with us. We will have, I believe we're going to have Jordy Ham. He's out with Ken Kendrick and Derek Hall because today is the opening day full squad at the Diamondbacks. And they are talking right now. Jordy is, if I keep looking down, it's because I'm going to get either a text from him that I'm zooming in. So... Uh, John Wilner is going to be with us because I want to start talking about the Pac-12 and the NFL draft. And what is he hearing here now that the Senior Bowl's already finished up? I guess there's some questions about Penix Jr. and his health and what the medicals look like. We'll get into that with John Wilner. And the uh, Daytona 500 was washed out yesterday, so they're running it today. Devin is there, Devin Henry, sport of speed with Sports 360. He is in Daytona, thanks to Phoenix Raceway, and we will check in with Devin down there. That is what is uh, coming up straight ahead. Opening comments are brought to you by Desert Financial Credit Union. Desert Financial Credit Union taking care of you, taking care of your business. As always, that is Desert Financial Credit Union. We do appreciate their support. I have been gone. I have been gone because once we got to the Super Bowl, I went to Florida and this is the long-winded conversation about travel and nonsense of traveling it says you have another meeting in progress i don't know so i'm not gonna have jordy from out there so (laughs) (laughs) that's how it works so i'm on the road and um people are like are you going to the super bowl no i'm not going to the super bowl well you do all the stuff around brock and the parties and all that that doesn't mean anything I am not going to go to the super bowl and be one of 2500 people just to wave a badge and see how cool i am when i can do my work where i don't have to be there i'm not going to be one of those that doesn't get invited to roger goodell's press conference because roger goodell is just going to say what he wants to say The super bowl to me has become something from a media standpoint that you don't really get a whole lot unless you're the great peter king and that's all you do and peter got great stuff as usual so i took the super bowl in from florida And I worked on the phones on some stuff. Um, And it was fine, well and dandy. And from there, I came back and had to fly to East Texas to give a eulogy uh, the day before yesterday. For a woman who helped raise me in the midst of turmoil when I was growing up. She was great. So she passed away and I had to go out to Canton, Texas. So I've been on the road a bit. But as always, because I am the paid broadcast professional paying full attention to what is going on and what is happening and what's in particular is going on here in the Valley. Let me just start with this. If you're one of those that has spent time on your social media, bitching about how bad the NBA all-star game is and how it's unwatchable and how this is a joke. I don't know. It's been that way for 10 years. Okay. It's been that way a long, long time. And so did I take in any of last night live? Hell no, not even heck no. Um, there's a reason why God made a DVR. It's below garbage line. It is filling three hours of dudes that, you know, it's great. I love the NBA in, in late April and May and June. It's terrific. But it's like the Pro Bowl's low-grade dog food. But some people like low-grade dog food. Some people think that the Pro Bowl is great television. It's great football. Where was I? I was on my flight back. So my flight back from Dallas and the guy sitting next to me with his wife, he's watching Suits. I love Suits. It was great. And we landed and I said, you know, how, how do you think it's going so far? Oh, I love it so much. It's giving me something to do now that football season is over until next football season. Okay. I get it. Fandom's great, but geez, oh man, when people are, I miss the Pro Bowl. You do? How about a date? Uh, The NBA All-Star Game's a joke. Brad, did you see the NBA this morning? This morning. Open up the inbox. NBA All-Star Game's a joke. It's trash. It's garbage. If you go to a restaurant five years ago and it has a low grade out front, you go back, no. (laughs) Nothing's changed. I will tell you, though, I was totally taken by an SQ against Steph. I was totally taken by Caitlin Clark this weekend. Totally was taken by her. It was great. Um, everything that I love about sports, everything I love about sports, um, was wrapped up in Caitlin Clark and Steph against an escu. And I do believe, you know, sports goes in cycles. Sports talk goes in cycles. Sports content goes in cycles we're in the cycle right now of how many views and how many clicks and influencers and all that stuff. And that's fine. And there's a place for that. But there are also places of people aren't really going to pay that much attention. So I will. Anybody else in the Valley going to Daytona? Nope. Nobody in Arizona is at Daytona except Devin Henry with us. Anybody else doing stuff around mental health in sports other than when it sweeps in television, it's convenient to say, look at how creative we are. No. Um, so yeah, I am going to pat us on the back a little bit because I, I think you know paying attention to Caitlin Clark's breaking the all-time scoring record. By the way, why Lynette Woodard's record is not being acknowledged by the NCAA is just another reason why the NCAA is a joke. And Sabrina against Steph... People like that. I do believe they like that. This is like back in the day, you'll remember, some of you will remember Bobby Riggs back in the day. You'll remember that name. Many of you will not. But Bobby Riggs, uh, when our country was going through the uh, movement of women's sports and rights and Billie Jean King against Bobby Riggs and all that stuff, it was it was great. And I think there's some of that now that's coming back. You know, Charles talking about how Kevin Durant is not a leader. Charles is doing what he's paid to do. He's paid to say things. And and whether or not, and he and Durant, I had Charles on last year about Durant, like you two need to go make up. And his deal was, hey, go get us a golf course. I'll have Durant be my caddy, as he said. We'll smoke some cigars. We'll have some fun. We'll figure things out. Well, Clearly, when you say Durant's not a leader, that's not going to help the situation at all. And so the Suns fans were all outraged. And, oh, my gosh, Charles is, uh oh, yeah, he's doing what he's supposed to do. I don't know how it's not that hard to see. Um, so there was that. I do think we have to have a serious conversation um, about Arizona State and U of A basketball in this vein. So U of A did what they are supposed to do. They absolutely destroyed ASU on Saturday. Just It wasn't even a contest. I'm going to talk to Wilner about it here in a few minutes. Um, And the U of A fans are, so what are we doing in March? Like there's an expectation on Tommy Lloyd that you cannot lose in the first round of Princeton or lose in the Sweet 16. There's an expectation. So it really doesn't matter what the U of A does during the regular season. It doesn't. Arizona State, Bobby gets crushed. Oh, we got to get a new coach. It's just, do you understand just how bleeped up ASU is? I mean, Bobby is still in the same dumpy arena, and he doesn't have NIL behind him, nor does Kenny Dillingham. And people will try, oh, you're being so negative. No, I'm being truthful. You don't have $9, $10 million You know, what I hear at Arizona State is if there's a basketball player, there's a basketball player right here in the Valley. Koa Pete. I'll just throw it out there. I'm going to go see Koa play this Friday night. Um, Koa's Koa's right there with Bagley back in the day or Jared Bayless, different sorts of players. Mike Bibby. We're talking about guards and centers and forwards and all that stuff. Um, Richard Jefferson. But Koa is... He's going to play in the league. He is. And ASU is, well, we can pursue him. And Koa actually is listing ASU among his final schools, but he's also listing U of A. And the belief is U of A is going to come in and offer $2 million in NIL, and that's where he's going to go. And then people are going to say, well, Bobby can't recruit. It's a different deal now. Like, why does Bobby Hurley even need to coach college basketball at this point? I'm not saying he should. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying they should fire him. That's a joke. What I'm saying is he would be a good third bench assistant, second bench assistant, assistant coach on an NBA team. He would. And why, why would anybody want to coach college basketball now where you have to deal with the transfer portal every year? The minute you start yelling at a player, he's got all this his crazies around him or her saying, oh, they disrespect you. No, they're coaching you. That's all. Why do that? Why would anybody want a college job right now when you can go get a cushy NBA assistant? Seriously, think about it. You know, never mind the fact that the president might retire. Never mind the president thought the Pac-12 network was smart. Never mind the president uh, let his athletic director say, we don't believe in NIL. Never mind the president paid Herm Edwards everything. Never mind the president just kept going and going and going and doesn't think the facility is really that bad. Why would anybody want that gig? Am I wrong on any of those fronts, by the way? No. No. So when ASU gets just destroyed, it had nothing to do with the refs or any of the usual no pity for the kitty nonsense I hear. It's just where they are. And I actually respect the U of A fans on the other side, because they're like, yeah, so what? Regular season, who cares? Are we going to do something in March? Because supposedly that's what we're all about. And so, uh, you know, this week is interesting. U of A plays Washington State. Washington State's right behind U of A. Next week, U of A comes here to take on ASU. It'll be another beatdown. will be another just complete trashing as it was the other night. Um, We'll talk to John Wilner about that. That is all next. Stay with us. All right, the great John Wilner is with us. Wilner Hotline, you can find all of his content on the website. You can follow John on his social platforms. He also has the Wilner Canzano podcast, although it's in reverse order, but because he's with us, it leads with Wilner. That's the way it goes. Um, I want to start taking our conversations, John, over the next few weeks. If you're good with it, towards the NFL draft, and I know that as the Pac-12 is dissolving, you're looking at bigger picture on the college football play nationally, and that's great. But for those players that were in the Pac-12 this year, how many first-round picks are going to come out of the Pac-12, John, in April this year?
2: Well, more than usual, which is a reflection of how good the conference was, I think, this past season. You know, Caleb Williams is the, the clear front runner to be the number one pick. Right. Uh, but I would say it's possible the Pac-12 will end up with five or six first round picks. And there have been many recent years where it's been three, maybe four. And uh, the other piece of it is there's going to be a lot of different teams represented. It's not just USC and Oregon guys. Right. You could have five different teams. Have players picked in the first round? You could have Oregon, an Oregon State player picked in the first round, right? Uh, Talies Fuaga, their offensive lineman, is a potential top ten, top fifteen pick. Then you got Roma Dunze, Washington's fantastic receiver, top half of the first round. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, the center. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he's going to Philly to re- replace. Uh, Jason Kelsey, who's retiring, you know, and then Arizona has a guy, Jordan Morgan, their lineman who could go early second, maybe late first. Right. So it's going to be a little different and it's good. It reflects the overall
1: strength of the conference. Okay, the quarterback side of it, where you see Caleb Williams, what are you hearing about Michael Penix Jr.?
2: Well, Penix and Bo Nix are both. Nix is actually a higher, higher projected pick than Penix. Uh, I think Knicks could end up sneaking into the first round. Penix's issue is the medical side of it, right? Nobody questions his arm strength, his touch, accuracy. All those things are first round worthy, but he's had multiple season ending injuries when he was at Indiana, right? Washington, he was able to stay healthy at Washington, but the NFL, those guys aren't going to, you know, invest millions of dollars in a quarterback until they're convinced he can make it through a season. And so I would say the medical portion for him, you know, most players it's how do you do on the field with combine and in Indy for Penix, how's he going to hold up with the medical evaluations? 32 teams with their doctors, poke it at him, X-rays, testing ligaments and joints. That is his biggest issue. And, and I don't know that he's going can do anything that will convince the teams that he can stay healthy. The number one predictor of future injuries Is past injuries, and he's got a lot of them, and he's got serious ones, right? It's not a a rolled ankle here or bruised ribs. These are, you know, season-ending ACL tears, right? That kind of thing. So it's going to be tough for him to sneak into the first round because of his injury history.
1: What is the upside-downside of Bo Nix from what you're hearing, reading, seeing people that you talk to? Not a
2: lot of downside. He's not, you know, I don't think people consider him elite – arm strength, size, that kind of thing, but he doesn't really have any weaknesses. He's accurate, he's got a decent arm, he can move, uh he understands how to call a game and how offenses work. So, I think that for him it's whether a team in the second half of the first round n- likes him and needs a quarterback because that's the piece with the quarterback. Certain, you know, only a handful of teams have a big enough need for quarterback to invest in a quarterback in the first round he's not uh a, a Drake May he's not a Caleb Williams he's not viewed as uh, you know as the former ASU quarterback Jaden Daniels is he's not viewed quite that good I don't know about Daniels I I think Nicks Nicks could end up being as good a pro as Daniels but not every team needs a first round uh, needs a quarterback in the first round.
1: But you know how it goes, John. With the draft, it's the first three, four, five picks. Everybody's scrambling to take the quarterback. Yep. Then they're off the board. I can't see. I myself can't see Bo Nix. Uh, teams being in scramble mode as a top five quarterback. No, I can't. I see can't either. That. But, no, I can't. but
2: somebody needs a bat You know, if you, I think about um, the Packers drafted Jordan Love. I want to say in the twenties because they knew Aaron Rodgers was going to eventually. Uh, be gone. Sure. Maybe somebody looks at Nick's as a future starter. They don't need him right away, but they don't want to pass up the chance to get him at say twenty twenty five. That could happen.
1: John Wilner with us for a couple of minutes. And uh, the other
2: piece too, uh, we we have to mention right is that all the all of the money, the time, the mental energy placed into evaluating quarterbacks, and it's such a crapshoot as as your guy has proven uh, this past season.
1: You know you just never know with the quarterbacks right brock purdy's deal is is one that can change um, how everybody views things there's some business at hand george kalafkoff out we're not surprised by this we're surprised that they paid a search firm and that this is what they came up with and the thing was imploding but in fairness would it have mattered whoever they brought in
2: that is a question i've been pondering and i think it ultimately does but it is worth thinking about that to provide context on what happened, sure. right? Yep. The Larry Scott, uh, they announced Larry Scott was resigning on Inauguration Day 2021. It was like 5 p.m. And they all out of nowhere, Pac 12 announces Larry Scott stepping down. So you could wonder at that very moment, was the conference doomed? Because there had been such backlash and criticism over Scott's management style, that the moment he left, the presidents became determined to hire the opposite of Larry Scott, an affable, collaborative commissioner, wasn't going to offend anybody, was going to work with the athletic directors, work with the presidents.
1: Visionary was, background
2: in entertainment. Yeah, and be a nice guy. Yeah, but mostly be a nice yeah. guy and yeah. easy to work with who would improve the culture within the conference. The culture had gotten rotten. The relationship relationship between the campuses conference office was bad, so Scott steps down that day, and immediately they're gonna they're gonna go the opposite way. But at that time, Texas and Oklahoma are already talking to the SEC. Nobody knew it, but the realignment wave had already begun, and George Kleukov's personality and management style were not right for the realignment era, and so. Was the Pac-12 doomed the day Scott stepped down and they decided they were going to hire somebody who was a nice guy who showed up to a rock fight with a teddy bear? Hmm. You could make that case. You could yeah. you could make the case that they needed, they actually needed more of a Scott personality to deal with realignment than a Kliakov personality. And they were never going to hire another Scott. They were going to go the opposite way.
1: Well, this, is, this leads me into Arizona State because the ineptitude <clears throat> of of Dr. Michael Crow in leading an athletic department. And he may say, I have people that lead it. No, you're the president of the university. So let's just look at Bobby Hurley's situation. Everybody wants Bobby Hurley fired after ASU just got their ass kicked right ways, left ways, sideways the other night down in Tucson. And I've sat here for years and said, who are you going to get? That's any better that has been dealt the hand of the worst facility, Their NIL, because Ray Anderson was the first one to say, we don't believe in NIL, they still haven't been able to dig out of that hole. And so all the mismanagement from the president's office to where we are today, uh, and Michael Crow was right in the middle of, oh, we have the best commissioner in the conference, and the Pac-12 network is great. And so he just didn't read the room at all. He was tone deaf. We're sitting here now with a, well, we got to get a new basketball coach. First of all, there's not an AD in place just to be clear. One, two, this is not a good job. Bobby's doing the best that he can do from my view. So John, from your seat, do you blame Bobby Hurley for this mess? And you, if you do, it's fine. If you think he's the wrong guy and can't coach, it's fine. I think he's just been dealt a really bad hand. He's the black knight in Monty Python with an arm cut off and a leg cut off. and He's still trying to swing a sword. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous Oh yes uh, I'm not
2: dead yet as they say in my yeah.
1: I'll bite you I'll bite you <laughs> yeah
2: um, I think I have been a Hurley supporter in the past a year ago this this month I wrote a column saying it's ridiculous to think about firing him and I am mostly still at that place because I I agree for the, for the most part these are, he is a victim of circumstances top down, right? But I do wonder, given how things are going right now, if the backdrop of moving into the Big 12 changes the calculation a little bit, hmm. do they think they need a fre- – Big 12 is a powerhouse basketball conference. Do they feel like they need a fresh start going into their new conference? And even if they do, though, who is going to make that decision? Who is Who's they? Like- right, right. There's who no AD, and there's not going to be an AD, I don't think, in the next month. To make this decision. Huh. Bro can't do it by himself. Does he appoint, I don't know, uh, one of his deputies on his council to to oversee the process? That doesn't make any sense. What which coach is gonna take the job without there being an A D in place? So they do have themselves in a little bit of a pickle, especially if the season goes poorly for the next month, right? The stretch run and then the Pac-12 tournament, if they kind of collapse it's not good but they they don't have many options i do also think you know Hurley has leaned heavily into the transfer portal and it doesn't seem to really be working these last couple years right and you do wonder is he is his style of roster building right does it work with the transfer portal his style of coaching i, I don't know
1: and and it's but it has not the it's gotten worse the last two years. I personally like Bobby a lot. I wonder if the message is not getting through now because when we see him in games where he is still very, very, he's, he's Mick Cronin like, uh, where, yeah, he's running hot. Yeah, he's running hot. That's a good way to put it. And does that after a while wear on the players? I don't know because they were four and zero to start out conference play. They were, yeah. and, and now we're yeah. sitting here looking at it, and they're circling the drain. Right. They've got Washington State coming up, who's second in the conference. Um, it's a good thing Wazoo is playing U of A for a showdown this Thursday night first. But yep. But my my point is, they have U of A next week. So unless we start to see some momentum turning the the opposite direction, it's like this is sixteen and fourteen and nit. Yeah. yeah. And
2: it is, and and there is a lot to. To what you said about the message getting lost with coaches who have been on the job. You know, once you get past that first four or five years, it is it is hard uh, to keep it going. You get compared against your early success and that's happening early. Dana Altman in Oregon is kind of in the same spot. His message is getting lost. He has heavily reliant on the transfer portal. Things are teetering there a little bit. They aren't what they used to be. It is it is very tough. It's it's tougher now. Certainly Hurley uh, is not playing with a full deck from a standpoint of institutional support with the facility. Uh, NIL. I, the, NIL's a big, NIL NIL's is huge, a
1: mess down huge. here.
2: It's a mess. That's a huge There's No, way piece, to put no doubt about that. They were late to the game on NIL. That is a, a leadership failure, another leadership failure under Ray Anderson. But... It doesn't seem like what I don't know. It's hard to imagine Hurley getting out of this current situation the next few weeks and then going into the Big Twelve, which is just a brutal conference, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. they are going, they are looking like they're a bottom third team in the Big Twelve. And do they want to have that in their new conference? I don't know. I do think that the the conference realignment adds you know, a different element to the decisions that schools have to make with regard to their head coach in football and, and men's basketball.
1: Well, it's, it's like watching Rick Pitino meltdown this last weekend. Yeah. Okay, he's in year one. He sees it. Facility stinks. Doesn't have a great roster. Players are pushing back on him. Doesn't have the NIL. He loses his mind. Bobby's yep. been here a while now. And while I think he's doing the best that he can do, As you said earlier, is there a deputy put in place? You're going to go pay a search firm. You don't have NIL in place. You don't have a commitment from the president. There's a lot of rumors that this president is going to resign and retire in the next six weeks. That could change everything long term. It's not going to change anything short term. like We're going to be sitting here waiting on coaches in other sports if there's no A.D. in place because the president leaves, what A.D. in their right mind is going to come here without the president set up?
2: Right. Right. So then it's 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 two steps up on the org chart. Right. The next president fall, might leave Next and there's winter. No AD. Right. Right. Total vacuum. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and you do wonder, you know, I, I'm sure Hur- Hurley loves it there. That's clear. That's, yes. But I mean, at what point does he say to himself, holy smokes, this is just never going to get better. Right. I mean, I'm not saying he's he's going to step down, but he, you got to look at it from his standpoint, too. Like, what are they doing here? What yeah. What is going on? What, can I get some help, please, people?
1: Yeah, the definition of insanity is how I see it. And you're doing the same thing over and over and over and before I get you out of here, and then the flip side of that is I get notes from U of A fans saying, yeah, we beat ASU. They're not very good. We only care what happens with Tommy Lloyd in March because we're going to be a number one or number two seed. We only care the success of him is not what he does between November and the second week in March. If we don't have success this year, he's not the right guy. I think those people are crazy myself, but they're out there
2: they're out there and they're they're looking at the last two years of the tournament, you know, losing uh to Houston as a in the sweet 16 as a number 1 and then the absolute meltdown against against Princeton last year. I think they're crazy too, but the you know, you have to Hurley and Lloyd, the historical standard of the school is important to keep in mind. Hurley actually I think has run above ASU's historical standard in terms of success. Mm. Lloyd, though, you know, it's, whole, it's all different there. It's getting to the second and third weekends of the NCAAs. If they lose the opening weekend, first, second round, I think he's going to have a lot of heat on him next season when they go into the Big 12. I, I don't think Arizona's going to make a change. Arizona also doesn't have an athletic director, right? Uh, clearly, he, he's not in danger of losing his job, but I think what would happen if they lose early in the, in the NCAAs is there's going to be a lot of heat on him next year. And then a year from now, it could be a legitimate issue with with his job status. Uh, you know, in March of twenty twenty five, if they have a bad
1: tournament this year. Yeah, and and there's no nothing that says that Bobby Hurley or Tommy Lloyd couldn't look around, and say, "Peace out, I'm going," because this job's open over here. Well, and you
2: wonder this how long is Mark? Yeah, how long is Mark going to stay at Gonzaga? Sure. Right? Lloyd would be an obvious replacement there. Hurley, East Coast guy. Yep. You know, we, I wouldn't be surprised with any coach these days if, you know what, I, I'm going to take a job that is not viewed as uh, that it's a, at best a lateral move, you know, like Chip Kelly, you know, just because you want to get back to your home area. You want to go to a place where yeah. you're going to have more support, uh, where college basketball matters, where you've got administ- an administration behind you. I mean, who knows? Maybe a year from now, Hurley says, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm picking up. I'm going to go coach, say, Bonaventure
1: or Rhode Island or one of those schools. I wouldn't blame him. John, I could see Bobby Hurley being a third assistant on an NBA team. Yeah, that's a good call. Why why go? Why go deal with any of this college stuff? Why go deal with any of it? I can't. I'm not going to go beat my head in when I've got the portal and I work so hard to work relationships and they're gone after a year because somebody waves some dollars and it's not even really there. And the crazy parents, crazy AAU side. Why go do all that when I could just go have a nice, cushy seat on an NBA roster yep. and work with guards?
2: Absolutely. And, and it's just going to get worse, right? When revenue sharing becomes, uh, the law of the land in the NCAA and your school is not all in on revenue sharing, you're cooked. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know where ASU is going to come down on that issue. We don't know who's going to be in charge of ASU at that point. But that's another element that head coaches have to consider.
1: All right. I know we're in the weeds. I'm going to get you out of here off this. John writes a best of the West or best in the West column every week. Of, it takes all the schools from the Rocky Mountain region to the West Coast. And he ranks them as to what he sees in college basketball. Grand Canyon University, John, is this little story that's going to be a tidal wave story, I believe, because they've got a bounce-back guard from Kansas. they got a bounce-back guard from Oregon. they got a bounce-back guard who's tough as nails from Georgia State. I'm sitting with Jerry Colangelo back in, in November watching a practice, and Jerry's all over it. He's like, that kid's this, that kid's that, that kid. That, that squad has the longest winning streak or the top winning percentage in the country right now. And I know they're yeah. in a conference that, but it'll be interesting to see what the NCAA does. If it's just, well, they're in the whack. They're 15 C. They're going to get their heads kicked in or, you know, they've actually beat San Diego state. You know, yeah. they actually, I think there's a really good story emerging here that people have kind of slept on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I had Grand Canyon ranked in my best of the West. Until they lost, was it Tarleton State? I can't remember who beat them. Seattle in, U. Up at Se- Seattle. Yeah, right. Middle middle of January. Last I, second. I pulled, yeah. Yeah, I pulled them out at that point, and it's hard to justify getting them back in because of who they're playing now. But their non-conference resume is pretty good. Is it good enough for them to get in as an at-large? Probably not. But they're certainly going to be one of those teams. You know, the the committee doesn't just start with what is it? 36 at-larges, right? They start from this pool of 80 or 90 teams and then they gradually whittle it down. And Grand Canyon's going to make that first cut, uh, of, uh, of teams that are in contention for the at-large if they don't win the WAC tournament. But uh, I, you know, they got a great chance of winning the WAC tournament and then they're going to get in there and they're going to be one of those teams like Florida Atlantic yep. where, or, uh, Uh, you know, well, the Butler is the classic example from a decade ago, but they could beat somebody, you know, they are in as a 14.
1: They could beat a three. They're in as a four. They could beat a 13. There's no doubt. I agree with that all on all fronts. I'll let you go off that. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks Thanks a lot, Brad. There's John Wilner and we're back with more after this timeout. Devin joins us. Devin Henry, he is down at Daytona. Yeah, you don't look like you're in racing gear today. <laughs> are you going to, is this great American race going to happen today, Devin?
0: It's definitely going to happen. Unfortunately, it's just going to be, uh, we were supposed to have two races today from Saturday being rained. I mean, we, we've had three consecutive days of rain. This must be a weather anomaly. I've, I've never witnessed anything like this before. Water falling from the sky for three <laughs> days straight. This, this never happened to me before. So, Yes. Yeah, the race is going to happen. The, ra- the rain was supposed to end around like eight ish this morning and it's going a little later and later and later. Hey, there's only one place in the United States where it is raining. And it's Florida. Florida.
1: And it's Florida.
0: It it's soon. But we will get it in at 5 p.m. Eastern today. The rain should subside at least by that.
1: All right. So if people are tuning in today to watch, it is a holiday. So there's going to be an audience, um, a little thumbnail. We talked about it on Friday, but to recap, what are you looking most forward to today? First of all, I
0: think I'm looking forward to who's going to be here. Cause on one part, it was very depressing yesterday watching the RVs driving out because people got to go to work and whatnot. And I was like, man, you come all this way right? and then you got to head away before the actual race happens. But you know anyone who had tickets for saturday's race which is now going to be happening after the daytona 500 they can all come so there's 101,500 seats in the bleachers i want to see how many of those are filled on a president's day monday right i still feel like we're going to have that energy as the rock put it yesterday that mana inside of this historic venue so i'm looking forward to that and of course uh these cards aren't necessarily the best handling, and they will be on a green racetrack. Absolutely no rubber is going to be on this racetrack. It's going to be an interesting opening stage of this race. Have you uh, bubbed shoulders with the rock? <laughs> like- oh, no, I, I, I couldn't get that close. There was you probably about close. 20
1: people between you're me and Devin, him. I, I you're Devin, Devin freaking Henry. What do you mean you can't get it close? You're Devin Henry. You can't get that close? You have clouds, man, man. My, my
0: hair's a little different. I think he just didn't recognize
1: me. That, that might have been the issue. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before I get you out of here?
0: No, nah, I'm just excited still to be here. Unfortunately, we're not going to have the champions breakfast tomorrow morning because I guess some people have to go back to Charlotte so then go to Atlanta next weekend or something like that. But, you know, it is cool to get rain. People were mad at me at, on Saturday because I was out just walking around in the rain. and They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't get this opportunity very often, guys. Either it's stormy and there's like buildings falling down in Arizona or there's sun. So I need to enjoy this while it's here. Unfortunately, I think I've enjoyed it a little bit too much. I'm ready for a little bit of sunshine here today. But, you know, we kick off the race in the season today. And in just a few weeks, the Shiner Children's 500 Weekend, at think, raceway is going to be here before we know it. And then NASCAR Championship Weekend, November 8th, 9th, and 10th. This is what kicks off everything. So this is how you either start off your season on an absolute high note. You take that all the way through November or... You're going to have a rough beginning to 2024 and you hope to see Phoenix Raceway in November, but for now, still just excited to be here. I think that energy is going to be here later today. And there is absolutely nothing like being at one of the largest venues, events, and races in the entire world. So still definitely excited to be here. let
1: you go off that. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you, Brad. See you whenever it stops raining, I guess. You got it. Have fun. There's Devin Henry and we're back with more after this timeout.